You're listening to the Deal Closers podcast brought to you by WebsiteClosers.com, a show about how to build your e-commerce business to be profitable, scalable, and one day even sellable. I'm Isaac Porter, and on the show today, the CEO of Scaphos, Michael Pritchard, joins us to talk about product recommendations on your e-commerce website. It's really a simple concept. People want to buy things that other people have already purchased and that they like. It's like word of mouth marketing, but on the internet. Good recommendations for a product mean more people will buy, and a bad review means the product might flop. But here's the thing, as an e-commerce business, you almost certainly need to have product recommendations available because of these following statistics. 54% of retailers reported product recommendations as the key driver of the average order value in the customer purchase. 73% of customers are more likely to buy based on personalized recommendations. 37% of shoppers that clicked on a recommendation during their first visit returned compared with just 19% of shoppers that didn't click on a recommendation. So as an e-commerce company, how do we leverage product recommendations to maximize conversions and order size? Let's find out from Michael Pritchard. Hey, Michael, how's it going today? It's going fantastic, Isaac. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on the show. Really really glad to have you. So look, you know, I speak with a lot of e-commerce business owners that are thinking about how to sell their business, getting ready to sell their business. And this concept of increasing conversion rate, increasing AOV, increasing customer lifetime value, Mm -hmm. it's like top of mind for all of these companies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the feedback I hear pretty regularly is that the the tools that are available, Shopify, generic tools just aren't cutting it. And so when I when I learned about Scafos, I was really excited because it sounds like you're doing some things very different and and much more intelligently than than how it's been done in the past. Can you just give us a little overview of of what your company does and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So we we're on a mission to um help shoppers find the products they want uh in a more delightful way. Uh, and we do it through simply by asking the customer if they like something or if they don't like something. Very much like what you'd find in other social media type of paradigms, you know, on, uh, say, Facebook and whatnot, or or even Tinder, right? We've been, we've been called the Tinder of shopping, which uh, is an internal joke, which we'll talk about another time. But at the end of the day, you know, what we're solving is not only are we personalizing the shopping experience for, for customers, uh, using, you know, traditional recommendation kind of algorithms, we're also using interactions from them to really understand context, you know, as to why they're there. Um, Because one of the challenges, just I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here, is that while product recommendations work, especially on, say, past products that have maybe been sold or lookalike kind of uh, audiences and things like that, um, as you know, uh, privacy is becoming a much bigger topic in the world in general, not only with online commerce, people are individuals, people want agency, they want to control their journeys, et cetera. With all of that, it's much harder for traditional recommendation systems to work. And our special sauce is that we basically use behavior and interactions to quickly surface up products that, that, that someone may want, which is actually a very simple concept that no one else is doing except for us and Amazon. Actually, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. So, so consumers are you said it's interacts kind of like a um, 
like like a social media site. So uh, you know, comes to mind: thumbs up, thumbs down, smiley face emojis, that kind of that. Kind yeah, of I mean, response. yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down, or more like this. You know, less like this. Something that's been working really well uh, is it within the PLP? A PLP is a listing page. So I, yeah, you know, the product listing page, like adding a little see similar button that in real time. Uh, resorts the 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 page so to speak or you can drop in a more like this or less like this or not my style within a rec slot on the PDP for example very very simple approach of kind of making the the experience more dynamic that's awesome yeah yeah you know i think as competition increases empowering founders and owners of these companies to be smarter and and get better interactions with their customers is it's, it's good for the customers, which supports the brand, which right. drives the value for the owner. So, um, hey, so going back to, you know, some of the statistics I, I mentioned kind of at the beginning, you know, driving average order value and customer purchase, more likely to buy, more likely to return. Right. Um, are, are you, you know, what what statistics are you seeing that kind of matter in the space? What what do you focus on as you think about how, you know, Scafos is interacting with with your customers? Right. So. I can only speak from what we're seeing in the market. I mean, you, you can find stats, you know, in general. Obviously, you quoted a few. I mean, another one is that thirty-five uh, percent of Amazon's revenue comes from personalized uh, recommendation, actually, which is is pretty huge. You know, what we're finding uh, right now is a couple of things. One, when people are given agency or at least asked, "Hey, am I I being the merchant on the right track?" Right, that conversion rates will jump. Uh, by a hundred percent. So, no kidding. you know, yeah, it's pretty wild. So we had one customer that deployed an earlier version of, of one of our solutions called product finder, and they jumped 105% to jewelry company actually out of Australia was like my favorite place right now. Cause we seem to get, be very popular there. We're world famous in Australia, by the way, you know, 105% increase of, uh, of CVR, and they did, I think, 85% on revenue per visit. So basically, more folks bought when they visited versus, you know, not using our, our, our platform, et cetera. One thing we did notice, actually, which, you know, you talked about AOV, which is the average order value, right? And so there's average order value, there's a lifetime value. All those are very important. We did notice on, I'm very open with everyone, we're, we're figuring some of this stuff out, you know, we're, we're, as we're doing this. That even though we drove higher conversion rates and revenue per visit, average order value sometimes went down. Uh, and we've been trying to figure out, you know, what was happening there. And either we're getting people to products much faster than they would originally, or maybe we need to expose some of the higher end sort of products within within the uh, recommendations, which is something we're working on right now. So, but when you cut it back and you look at it from a point of view, like, look, I'm converting more. I'm driving more revenue per visit. The lifetime value of that customer is going to be higher. So maybe AOV is not quite always the thing I want to be paying attention to. It's like, are they coming back and are they buying? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's kind of the question I was, I was getting to. I think that, that's a great point, right? Is that what is the statistic that matters and are you able to drive that? It sounds like yeah. L, you know, LTV, I think for me, is, is critically important because a returning customer, you don't have to pay to acquire twice typically. Yeah. But. And it, it, that's something we're actually working on uh, with another customer of ours uh, called Moore and Giles. They are a, a leather company. Um, so they supply, if you ever bought a couch, a leather couch from Pottery Barn or Restoration Hardware or or, or, or or ridden a jet, which I have not, you know, with leather seats, it most likely came from from them. 
They also have an e-commerce site that does, you know, bags, you know, various uh, accessory products to go with that. And we've noticed that, you know, if we can get someone, obviously the first sale is obviously big, but the first to second sale is really hard. And if we get them to a second sale, third and fourth sales are much easier. So like, no you know, so right. how do, how do we do that? And that's by quickly understanding, you know, context, you know, uh, you know, understanding why the person's there, what they truly like, you know, we may not know exactly why they like it. We just know that like certain shapes or textures or, or whatever. Uh, and then being able to kind of suggest to them products that, that, that either may go along really well with what they're doing, or maybe, you know, we, we try, we try to capture them in the moment, so to speak. And, uh, and I think that's where we're going to see a lot of huge wins is because we can we can understand a lot better than traditional personalization systems, which in my opinion are very generalized and very static. And honestly, past behavior doesn't dictate future behavior. <laughs> you know, people are people. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So uh the Scafos weighted similarity algorithm. Yeah. How, how does that kind of fit into making you know, bringing all these concepts to life. Yeah, that's top secret. I can't, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we can't talk, we got to bleep that out. I want you to spill the beans on yeah, our show. No, man. No. Listeners so, I mean, it's, I mean, it's so look, like, we're, so basically what, what we do is, you know, here, here's the beautiful part about Scafos is that we don't need to know a lot of data like about your customer, right? We don't need to have a lot of history. Now, if you have history, like past order data and things like that, great. We can take that into our system. But all we need is a catalog. And once we get the catalog, which is really, you know, not a hard thing to do, we have a series of uh, machine learning models, you know, and I'm going to say, you know, AI models, uh, which we can get into uh, that we train. So we train a variety of, say, you know, object detection models on the images, right? Uh, we train a, a series of similarity models, uh, you know, on the images, on the metadata, you know, which includes like the description price, the titles, things like that. Um, we train off of, you know, like if we get past order data, things like that. So we, we, we basically create a series of models and our special sauce is the way we kind of string those models together in a weighted system. So as you start to interact with our platform, our, I'm going to say AI for lack of a better description and those data scientists can yell at me later, but like our AI will start to automatically weight different pieces of that, of those models based on how people are interacting, right? So like, I don't get too technical, but we're not, I wouldn't even consider it a recommendation system as more of a search system. Because when, when you make a request to our platform, it's really making a search request. It's like, hey, here's the input of the search. Give me back what, what I'm asking for. And then based on this, as many times as you start to search with us, we just refine the results. Does that make sense? Uh, I mean, that, that's it. really yeah. how we work. Now the, we, search, the search keeps getting smarter and smarter. Yeah, we're sorting and search. Information you're sharing. Yeah, we're it. sorting and search company that basically happens to bring it up in an interactive UX, right? Which is like a like and dislike and, and things like that. So that's, that, that's what makes us unique. Got it. So I think we've, we've all heard about companies that manipulate reviews. Is that a problem that you see across the industry? And you know, how does that kind of play into what, what you're working on? Uh, it's kind of interesting you say that. Cause like we do integrate out of the box with uh, right now with the Oppo uh, and with Luke's and we're about to really stamped. And uh, we, we've started to add that as part of our way of the similarity algorithm, but it's not that big of an effect right now. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, I think reviews are hugely important. I think you should definitely have them on your site. People do use them. I'm, I'm, a, you know, we're all consumers. We're all shoppers, right? So, right. You, you know, we do use them. I use them. Uh, I do too. You know, yeah. so I think you definitely need to have them. I would, 
make sure that you don't fake them. Like, do not like, you know, if you get the call from like, for example, we have, we have a Shopify app in the app store and we get maybe, I don't know, let's just say monthly get hit up by somebody's like, I, I have a review service. I'll get you 5,000 reviews, you know, for five bucks or whatever. And, and, you know, like that is the worst thing you could do. Cause it's, you know, people, people know if it's real or not. So I would, I would definitely work on a post-purchase series or, or, or workflow that encourages like Isaac to give me a review, right? Yeah. You want real reviews. So I think if you can get real reviews and don't get caught in the trap of getting fake ones, which some people do, let's admit it, they're going to work very well. I guess the short answer is like people aren't, aren't dumb. So, yeah, you know, right. We've, uh, we've all read reviews where you're like, that's not, a yeah, I, I'm not convinced. That's like a, a yeah. you know, that's, that's someone got paid. I mean, so, so reviews are important. Can I actually want to talk about one thing actually, and I'm not sure what the next question is, so I apologize, but, but back to like data that we've seen, which I think is really interesting is that I'm not sure if we're like taught this, you know, like getting no, like the word no, or, or you know, people seem to uh, like have an adverse reaction to like, oh, I don't want my customer to tell me no. I don't want to hear no. Right. But what's interesting is in our data, especially with our product finder solution, we found that when someone says no, like not my style or don't show me this, that the conversion rate uh, jumped three X, like one customer, we were hitting two to 3% on, on just regular conversion rate. When people said no, when they removed those items from the, from the sorting and the search and that, in that particular recommendation, it jumped to 6%. Like it was crazy. We've seen it happen over, over and over. And so we started thinking about, you know, why is that happening? And so, you know, one, I have actually a blog post on this called the power of no. And the theory we have is twofold. One have you ever read Chris Voss's book, The um, Never Split the Difference? Which I recommend. No, I recommend. I, I recommend yeah. everybody reads. It's, check it out. Thanks. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's uh, I, I hate reading. I know it's gonna sound horrible to people. I do read, obviously, or maybe not. You read Chris Voss's book, but, but I read I read Chris Voss's book because it was great. Right, it was a good book. It wasn't like that typical business book that's like you can read it in twenty pages and then like three hundred eighty pages of crap. Like you're like okay, this it's not you know you're wasting my time right now. His book actually is legit. So basically. He's an ex-FBI negotiator. So this guy was negotiating people's lives, right? They would purposely ask questions to get the person on the other side of the table to say no. Why? Because it gave the, or they gave them a perceived sort of a perception of control, right? So all of a sudden, if I say, like, I don't want to see this particular pant, for example, it's, it's psychologically set me up to have control, which is what people want. People want agency. I want agency, right? Uh, so Interesting. So I say, I say, I don't want to see these pants. And yeah. then all the pants I see after that, I'm like, oh, these are the pants that I yeah. want to see. Like, I don't want to see that. I said, I didn't want to see the blue pants. Yeah. And now I'm seeing black pants. Yeah. That. Yeah. You're liking the one with the polka dots. So, you know, like, I don't want to see the, the, the ones that have polka dots kind of thing. So that's one theory. And the other one I think is happening, uh, especially in larger catalogs, is what's called Hicks Law, which is, I, I'm going to paraphrase it the best I can. It's basically the more choices you give someone, the longer it takes for them to make a decision kind of thing, right? Uh, yeah. And so, like, as you start to remove choices, you're helping kind of narrow down someone's decision-making process, which is why, which is why we think giving people those kind of opportunities increases conversion by such, I mean, 3X is huge, right? Huge. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's something else that we've noticed, you know, and we've been at it for, you know, we've been at it technically for two years, but really still learning and still kind of fine tuning. And those are some of the things we're seeing right now. So I don't think, that, you know, back to your original part, I don't, th I don't think there's anything saying that recommendations don't work. I mean, recommendations do work. 
a hundred percent, but it's time to evolve those. It's time to, you know, we have the technology to make it better. And, you know, and everybody, and this is the, the part that gives me like, this is my pet peeve, by the way, is that every site I see for the most part follows the same structure, the same paradigm. It's like, let's give them a list of infinite scroll of products to look at. Let's give them, you know, a filtering mechanism, which is like a bunch of checkboxes of terms that I actually may not even understand. Like it's a merchandiser text thing, or I'm being thrown some kind of recommender that has no idea who I am and why I'm there. It's just a very frustrating experience. And what am I going to do as a consumer? I'm going to go to Amazon because it's easy. And I think that's where the opportunity is for e-com is for folks to kind of step out of that and say, look, we want to create a better experience. And how are we going to do that? We're going to engage our customer, almost like in store. Like you don't walk into a store and then get forced down aisle one, aisle two, aisle three, aisles, you know, whatever. You can roam around the way you want. You can go talk to a sales associate, ask them questions. They're going to say, do you like this or don't like that? Like that, that's what Scott is trying to do. We're trying to recreate a more human experience. Makes total sense putting people in, in control more of their shopping experience. Right. We just got to uh, convert that into the metaverse and we can all go virtual well, shopping in a real It's funny you say that. We are working on some things in that world, but we won't talk about that. We'll talk about the next deal closers. Okay. Yeah. It'll <laughs> be the next, the next show, man. The that's next that's show, coming yeah. for sure. So we, we touched on kind of AOV and LTV. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about bundling. Mm. How does yeah. bundling kind of affect sales? That's actually huge, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're and we're starting to touch that right now. So we're starting to kind of release a, a few more solutions. Uh, we got we got caught up. To be completely honest with you, our first solutions off our platform were a little bit hard for shoppers to understand what the heck was going on, right? And we've learned from that. And now we're like doing things like we're just. We, we call it scafosify. Scaf- I can't even say the word scafosify. Like we're scafosify. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna stop saying that. We're trying to make things more scafos. Uh, and so like we're you know traditional recommender add scafos to it. You know. So then we did we did the PLP. We added you know some scafos to it. Now we're working on featured products. You know bundled products and adding scafos to it. But at the core, your core question is like, do bundles work? The answer is like yes, they do work, right? But I think a lot of that could be done without AI. You can bundle. <laughs> I think most a lot of merchants know what what their products are. They can they can start there, um, and that's what we do now. So we offer, we're offering people the ability to like sort of create a bundled product kind of recommender on their homepage or wherever they want it. But then what we're doing is giving agency again, giving that button to get people interactive. So yeah, I mean, one hundred percent work it, it works, and it's pleasant. I hate pop ups. Don't get me started with pop ups. I'm thinking about things that work, and pop ups do work, but I hate them as a consumer. Just FYI, everybody. Yeah. What do you hate about pop-ups? What I hate about them is like I I get the sites. It's again, everyone's done doing the same thing. Like what makes like why why would Isaac Porters.com e-com site be any different than Michael Pritchard.com site if we do the same thing? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like you go to a site and within I'm gonna say one to ten seconds, I get a, a a pop-up that's either like, hey, let me give you a discount, which is like, well, hold up. Now all of a sudden you're discounting. <laughs> Like what, what's wrong with you guys? You know, I haven't even looked at the damn site yet. Like, you know, chill, chill out. Or you're giving that spinny wheel. Again, I get, I get why you're doing it. <laughs> the spinny wheel. Yeah. I, it, I do hate the spinny I wheel. I hate it. Yeah. But guess what? It's I was, always 15%. So I, yeah, exactly. I was, but I was on like, a, you know, we're on all the, the Slack channels, like the, you know, the Slack channels. And I remember saying like, why the hell are people using pop-ups? Like, you know, they're horrible. And then like the people selling pop-ups are like, you know what? We know they're horrible, but we don't care because it works. So it does work. Right. Yeah. Everyone hates them, but it works. But then it's like I started thinking about like, well, 
I don't know. Is there, can we do something better? Maybe offer a better experience. You know, let, let me look at least look at the site before you start popping me up with let's like, you don't need to give me a sale right away. Cause now I'm expecting it. I'll be honest with you. I go to sites and I wait. I'm like, oh, let's see if I get 10% off. <laughs> yeah. Well, well here, here's yeah. kind of to bring that, yeah. to bring that full circle yeah. back into kind of the MA aspect yeah. that, that I focus on. You know, what I've seen in e-commerce yeah. and, and tech business sales is that the, the brands that can actually identify as a brand yeah. and create a customer experience that is differentiated somehow get rewarded enormously at, at the time when they sell their business. In other words, yes. if you can execute on the concept you're talking about, it creates real value. Not only does it improve the financial results of your, of your company, and, but it creates more value for your company. The multiple right. on that business will be higher than a similar business that doesn't do it as well. Right. Well, one, the cost of acquisition to get a customer is one, getting way higher. So your, way higher. your, your, your yeah. return on ad spend is going lower, right? Therefore, you need to figure out how do I capture that customer, not just to sell them one time, back to your point, but to keep them a, a, a lifelong customer, right? As long as possible. And to do that, you need to, you need to create a brand story and experience. Yeah, essentially, you need, you need loyal. I mean, I'm, I'm loyal to certain brands, 100%. And I'm loyal to them because one, I, I do, you, you got to have a good product. Don't get me wrong. You can't have like crap products, but like you have to have a good product, but then you have to have a good experience. You know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, probably the first ones that really do that are like, you know, Patagonia, right? Like, I mean, like, dear Lord, like people like live and die in Patagonia because they've created this amazing experience. Yeah. And if, if you can even just replicate a little, little slice of that Patagonia brand loyalty. Oh, it's, it's over. You can create huge, huge value. Yeah. So what are some success stories that you can share? I mean, I, so I started out with like, you know, the, the Australian jewelry company. We dropped a product finder initially uh, into uh, their front end. Uh, and they're the ones that hit like, I think it was 105%. This is in four days, by the way. It was crazy. 105% CVR growth uh, plus 85% RPV, which was insane. We have done, um, you know, another Warren Giles is a great, is another great one. I mean, we, we originally started uh, with just a traditional recommender, and we looked at the data earlier this year. We went down there. They're in Lynchburg, Virginia, by the way. They're a great company. I I, I love them. Like they have amazing products. They're actually good people. So moreandgiles.com. I'm gonna pitch them right now. Moreandgiles.com. You should go check them out. But we like looked up the stats, and we, we went in the meeting. We didn't even look at the stats. Like we're just like just pull them up. Let's see what happens. And like. It was like, I forgot, it was like insane. It was like 7% conversion rates when people were interacting. So like, it's it's pretty wild that it's work. You know, it works for the most part. Sometimes it doesn't. Like I said, like we've we've also seen with Michael Hill, who we're continuing to work with right now, we ran different tests and we did see higher conversions and things like that, but AOV was dropping. So now we're trying to figure that out. But it's we still know that that it does work and we're just fine-tuning it, I guess is the best way. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie to people. I'm going to be, oh yeah, it's going to be great. You're going to have the best thing ever. But it's like, you know, everybody says the same crap. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, look, we have to work with you and we need some time to tune it. Right. Because, you know, you have different products, different customers and and, you know, we know it works if it's done right. That makes sense. So, um, Michael, how can our listeners connect with you and Scafos? Yeah, absolutely. So Scafos.ai uh, is our is our domain. I'm at Michael at Scafos.ai. Uh, you can go to hello at scopos.ai. You can go on our, our Twitter. You know, we're, we're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, apparently, even under been on it. Uh, and uh, Facebook. Um, just search for Scopos.
That was Michael Pritchard. You can find him at scafos.ai. That's S-K-A-F-O-S dot A-I. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Deal Closers podcast brought to you by WebsiteClosers.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, write a review, press the follow button and share it with your network. And of course, if you're looking for help selling your e-commerce business, be sure to visit WebsiteClosers.com. This episode was edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Isaac Porter. Connect with me on LinkedIn and we'll see you next time on the Deal Closers podcast.